Yo, what's good, YouTubes? This is your boy in the NYC. It's me, Ray, and this is the EDCCP. That is the Everyday City Carry podcast. I've got a really interesting guy on the podcast today. You would have seen him on the Knife Junkie podcast. He co-hosts that a lot. I've got Alex's knife box in the house today. Yo, what's going on, guys? We've got Alex's knife box in the podcast today. What's up, man? Whoop, whoop. What's up? <laughs> how are you holding <laughs> up? Uh, uh, first of all, like, where uh, where are you located, and uh, how are you holding up with this whole quarantine situation? Well, I'm located in Los Angeles. I'm holding up pretty well. I mean, you know, staying in the house as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, same, man. I have, you know, what's crazy. I haven't left my apartment for this coming Monday is going to be an, a month. Exactly. I've only Holy thrown crap. out garbage. That's it. You know, but being a true nerd, man, I can stay indoors like as long as I want. <laughs> um, I've got plenty of knives. I've got plenty of things to do, but uh, it's getting crazy over here. Yeah, that's um, what I heard. I, it wasn't until this week that I didn't hear of any news that people in um not my immediate circle no one in my family has it but my mom's friends are like dying off dude some of them got it um pretty sad stuff you know my mom like every uh other day or so like oh my best friend josie she's like all filipino my best friend josie got it and her father also had you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i'm like trying to make light of it right now because that's just you know what i do but pretty crazy pretty crazy man pretty crazy right now yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a similar situation out here, you know, no no immediate family or friends, but friends of friends, you know, getting mm-hmm. sick and passing away and it's uh it's kind of brutal. It's uh it's a uh, real reality check on how fragile life is, you know. Yeah, man, and it's crazy cuz most people aren't going to get too fucked up from it. But right. if you do get the full, you know, thing, then you're going to get really messed up, man. Um yeah. Whoa, way to start the podcast, right? Getting dark right away, bro. <laughs> What'd you do today, man? What did you say um, before uh, we got on the pod? Anything cool? Uh, just uh, hung out with my daughter and then um, working on a script for a new uh, video I'm doing pretty soon. So that's pretty much all. Yeah, I watched um, the video you did. I forgot which knife it is. It's kind of like a dagger style. Your friend uh, did both edges. The latest one that you got on your channel right now. The um, uh, Sharp by Design uh, Arch Nemesis. Great, yeah. Uh, how, you script your videos? Uh, all I do is write myself little bullet points, but I don't really script it too much mm-hmm. as far as what I say. I just highlight little things like I want to remember to talk about the detail or remember Mm -hmm. to talk about the materials and certain Mm -hmm. things. But half of the time I do my videos, I don't even look at my paper, you know, I just kind of go through. You seem to be extremely knowledgeable, man. Like every time I watch um, and I interview other people in the community, I'm like, man, these guys know so much, you know, and it kind of, I kind of get scared, not scared, but I'm kind of hesitant to approach people that are just, have maybe been in the hobby for a long time and know a lot more than I do because they're going to 
you know, might think like, oh, this guy's a fucking noob or whatever. But I'm slowly <laughs> starting to learn that, you know, most people are very welcoming in the community. That's why I'm here, man. You know, because Absolutely. I've only been in this hobby for a couple of years. You know, I discovered this maybe three years ago when I started my channel, like started learning that, oh, shit, like I'm not just going to buy an M-Tech. You know, like there are all these other brands. I'm starting to learn more and more about some of the higher end stuff now. But um, how long have you been collecting? Uh, I've been collecting since 2013. So not that long, but a mm -hmm. little while. Um, but the knife industry's changed over like three or four times between uh, that whole um, time that I've been collecting. So um, it's been an interesting kind of journey. Uh, started out, you know, with bench maids and stuff like that, like everyone else. And then um, over time, you know, you start, you know, you always tell yourself, well, I'm not spending more than 300 bucks. <laughs> well, I'm not spending more than 500 bucks. That's stupid. Well, I'm not, you know, and now it's surpassed two grand. And That's... yeah, it's, 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 it's a sickness, man. Yeah, I, I, I have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm kind of where you uh, were describing just now where it's like, oh, I'm never going to spend two grand. But if I had it, like, would I? I mean, I'm in this case with Uber. I've talked about this on my podcast so many times <laughs> where I was the passenger and we got T-boned and I was in the passenger seat up front. So my side guy. So I'm definitely going to walk away with some. I had to get shoulder surgery. I got like pretty fucked up. But, um, you know, if I had that chunk of change right now, would I hit up Brian Ty? Would I like, you know, like try to get on somebody's books? Maybe I would. Um, I, I just don't know. Um, uh, you know, I listened to the Sharp Talk podcast, the one with Advanced oh, yeah. Knife Bro in it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he uh, is one of my inspirations for like trying to keep things a little cinematic. His videos are just so different. Like he puts a lot of work into it. I love the dry humor he's got going on throughout, but he's also a very knowledgeable guy. Like, how did you link up with him for that podcast? Uh, you know what, when I did, when I do my podcast, I literally just message people, Hey, you know, I got a podcast. Um, do you guys want to come on? And they say yes or no. What? And, and I've been a big fan of advanced knife bro for a very long time. Now there's those channels out there where guys are super meticulous and super all about the detail and the mechanics of the knife. Like Mark, Mark's not like that at all. Mark's pretty much about the filmography the scripting and mm -hmm. he's he's awesome awesome i i think his channel is definitely by far my favorite out of anybody on youtube just because Same. it's so entertaining and it's so much fun i don't have to know everything about the knife and i've actually lent them a couple knives for review <laughs> one of them he destroyed <laughs> <laughs> but it, in funny. all fairness i told him just beat the crap out of it kill this knife if you can wow um, you know like it was a uh, a very weird knife that i bought that was a french knife with a really weird lock and um and i sent him my ad15 for review to compare with the uh cold steel mm -hmm. um so yeah we've been we've been chatting it up here and there on ig and stuff he's a cool dude he li only lives like 40 minutes from me maybe an hour or something oh like shit that. so yeah i didn't know he was in california 
Originally, he wasn't. Okay. Um, Even Nick is there now, right? Nick Shabazz is in California now, too. Yeah. That's crazy. um, When you did that podcast with him, did you know him beforehand or you just kind of like took a chance and messaged him? I definitely uh, talked to him beforehand because um, I, the first thing I reached out to him and just let him know what I, a fantastic job I thought he was doing mm-hmm. with his channel. And uh, he actually replies to most of his comments. And then um, he was he posted on Instagram one day that he was doing this Cold Steel uh, AD15 video. And I, I messaged that him one out. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I messaged him, I'm like, hey, do you want to compare the custom with the, uh, with the production? I have one. So I sent it to him. And then um, we started chatting ever since, you know. Uh, he didn't destroy that one, so that was nice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Which um, is okay, because that night's yeah. been redone since anyways. Yeah. So. What, now, this is something that I always want to ask um, people that are as far into the hobby as you, right? is like, are you guys all nephews of Scrooge McDuck? Like, how do you afford all these fucking knives, man? You know what I mean? Like, do you sleep on, like, pillows made out of money? Because I, I don't know how, like, you guys get the cash for that. So when you, so when you start collecting, mm-hmm. let's say, like, I, I would say the mass majority of collectors that start out will buy at least 20 like hundred to two hundred dollar knives. Okay. They'll have like a little stack of production stuff. Now, if you take those production knives and you add up all that cash you spent on all those cool little twenty dollar knife or hundred, two hundred, two hundred dollar knives, put that money together, and then you start realizing, wow, that could have been like you know, like a mm-hmm. sheer grow off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then what you start doing is you start selling, consolidating and, you know, and I mean, I make an okay living. I work at a car dealership, you know, yeah. as a service writer. So I, it's a little bit from my pocket and then it's also making friends throughout the industry of, you know, some people have offered me nice discounts on some stuff. So um, how many knives do you purchase in one year? Like 10? No, more than that. For oh, sure. even at that level? Uh, yeah. Well, lately, not so much. Yeah, since, yeah, uh, yeah. Furloughed. Right. <laughs> but on average, I've uh, so the way I started collecting knives, and I'll get back to your question. But sure. Eventually, originally, I was looking at two things. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, I want a knife that does it all." I wanted a knife for every occasion and I was planning on doing a YouTube channel years and years ago and I never got around to getting the courage to do it. So I just kept hoarding all these knives and they were all like, they could have been like $20 Smith and Wesson to like, um, like Benchmades and Spydercos and so on and so forth. So over the six or seven years, um, that I've been collecting knives, I still have a lot of those knives I originally bought. And it started out, you know, one a month, maybe two a month. And then lately in the last year, I've been in this whole uh, refine and reduce kind of uh, mind uh, state of mind. So I've been selling a lot of stuff to replenish, but I've been getting on average maybe like three or four knives a month. 
man of of things that are like 500 to 2000 like nah, how many of those knives do you buy a year like the big boys you know what i mean uh probably like 15 of them maybe holy shit but you but you you do resell right let's say i resell stuff too exactly yeah so like like last month for example i sold my browns uh exponent i got like 600 out of that and then i sold another uh like six seven hundred dollar knife and then i replaced it with a fourteen hundred dollar knife wow so you've got like a whole thing that you got going on already you know who to hit up who might like this thing that's awesome man you know i i, I wonder if i'll get there you know uh, my family just started a cbd business we wanted to get in on the ground floor before the boom fully happens which it 100 percent will um you know so i had to take like kind of a huge cut out of pay not that i was making a lot of money already because as we were talking about on instagram I was a DJ and music producer for 10 years and that was for, for at least five of those years. I only did that. I didn't have a job. So I moved back in with my mom when I was 30 years old. I called her. I, I was making like close to hundred K like a year. And then I hit her up. I was 30. I'm like, listen, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to move in with you. I'm going to make music. <laughs> but you know, being Filipino, it's normal. She was like, "Okay, you know, just yeah. I got I went in there and um while I was making bank during certain gigs, like I I got invited by uh Riot Games, who the creator of League of Legends, they did PAX East and they were like, "Hey, we want you to DJ our after party." They paid me 3 grand for an hour. Wow. Yeah. But those gigs, since I was at that level, were very few and far in between. So in New York City, like Pacha Nightclub wouldn't want to pay me like 50 bucks. You know what I mean? But out of state, like it'd be different. So yeah, so I had to take a pay cut. I was in an office job and uh, I had to take a pay cut with this A-list CBD thing. So I haven't been buying knives, dude. The last knife I bought, maybe Dylan Mallory's Small Arkeo or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm part of this pass around group that Zelric, Stasa, and Blade Banter started, and it's kept my channel afloat. Uh, I have viewers that send me stuff, you know what I mean? Like I have this um, Custom Knife Factory More 5 that's probably, I would never be able to check this out, you know? Like, does this do anything for you? Is it like too, you know? That that knife is awesome, man. That was a huge hit at the time that it was out. Yeah, um, I I've had quite a few custom knife factory knives. Still do actually. Well, I have one left. Yeah, but yeah. I yep. Go ahead. It's 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 great, man. That's what the knife community is all about, and I want people to understand too. You know, I I obviously have all this fancy stuff, and I started doing a lot of. Well, I started do, doing my first few reviews where getting my feet wet with some more production stuff, and then as soon as I started bringing out the bigger more expensive stuff then i couldn't stop so now i'm trying to flow back into getting these less expensive knives but people got to understand just because you know you're holding like a thousand dollar blade like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's no way near any better cutter than maybe like a two or three hundred dollar knife you buy these things only for the nostalgia of it or if you're a collector it's kind of got some cool factor to it but cutting tool is a cutting tool man i mean shit you can get a civivi for like 60 bucks that's 
a fantastic yeah. knife. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's ridiculously good. I just did my first review on the Asticus. That was the only Civivi knife I ever bought. <laughs> yeah. And I was blown away. I mean, it had stainless steel liners, but they were completely skeletonized. And like, it actually had solid ball bearing uh, uh, pivot. It had, you know, like that carbon fiber ply like Spyderco makes. And then the plastic backspacer was flush as hell, you know, like to the rest of the knife. Uh, the centering was perfect. It was thin behind the edge. It had like yeah. all the qualities of a fantastic knife. That's what I have on me today, actually. That's funny that you mentioned that. I forgot. I was looking for it on my table. I was like, where the fuck's the Asticus? And it's like <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Civivi, man. Uh, I remember um, I watched the, the Knife Junkie podcast, uh, the Thursday one, the live one mm -hmm. that you guys just did. Dude, yep. first of all, absolutely amazing production value on that show. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I was like in love with how everything was going on, the uh, little chat window, you know, people coming in. Like, I love that. Um, I, I, I wish that I could do something like that because that's kind of like what I'm working towards, you know what I mean? But I have no budget. Like I do all my podcasts by myself. Um, sometimes I do solo ones. I try to have guests on. I love that. Um, what was I going to ask about the fucking knife chunking? Well, you know, Jim and, and uh, Bob do that for a living. Like, yeah. they have access to all the best equipment and best programs and stuff like that. So, so they work on other shows or something? or Yeah, they actually do their own uh, podcasts and they do, um, like, interviews and stuff like that yeah. for all kinds. Of, that's what they do for a living. Yeah, clearly it shows, man. Um, you know, I, I got into this because just like a lot of other people, you know, they, they listen to Joe Rogan, they watch like, all these podcasts. I kind of come in from, uh, from that sort of thing. I listen to a lot of comedians talk shit. You know, I, I'm, I just happen to be like a nerdy knife guy that's also into anime and video games. So a lot of people think I'm super young. I'm like actually 39 years old. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. Yeah, you and I are uh, the same age. I know. I was gonna mention that <laughs> when I listened to uh, the Knife Junkie, they talked about your age. You were like the baby face one coming in on the on the show, and I was like, "Oh shit, we're like almost the same age," you know? Yeah, but you got a more of a baby face than I do, man. <laughs> it's the, it's the, uh, the Filipino jeans, I guess. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably the hat like if i wear skinny jeans and a backpack i, I could probably go to college right now <laughs> like, oh, you know what i mean just blast some trap music on my phone they're like oh shit yeah. um yeah man uh how did you uh get started with youtube did you do it right away how long have you has your channel uh been going on so youtube uh the the idea of doing a youtube channel is probably about it's probably three or four years old Mm -hmm. Um, but I never got around to doing it, um, just because it was, yeah, never got around to it. And then when I started the podcast with my buddy, Tom and the other guys, they are, they are all YouTubers and they do more like cut tests than knife review. They do steel mm -hmm. testing. Um, but they kept harassing me about not having a channel. So, <laughs> uh, I think two or three uh, episodes of the Sharp Talk podcast, um, getting harassed enough, I went ahead and did my first video. And um, I still haven't found my format or what I like to do. I kind of struggle. I think my videos are too long. 
Um, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to cut out, um, some stuff without really losing the essence and the perfection of a lot of these knives because mm-hmm. I want to do justice to a lot of those makers and to condense it down or to speak faster. It's, it's challenging for me, you know, so I'm still trying to figure all that out. Yeah. I watched uh, that video today and, and I, 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 I really like what you were doing. Um, your tone reminds me of notorious EDC. Have you ever watched any of his videos? You have a similar cadence kind of, he's a New York guy. There's a lot of, uh, slip joints and things like that. He's a photographer. Um, but the cadence is, is similar, but I really liked what you were doing. You know what I mean? Um, I felt like you were an expert and like, if I really wanted to find out about this knife, you know, I, you're one of the people I could listen to. Like, I don't know why people watch my stuff. Uh, I actually started around the same time as Patty and JT. Uh, Stasa was not as, you know, his channel wasn't as big as it is now. Zelric, these guys, uh, I sort of met them around the time that I started. But I feel like I have not retained that much information when it comes to the knives, but I'm still super passionate about it. Um, yeah, how often do you make videos for YouTube? Um, I was doing them like about once a week. Um, sometimes I would fall off for a week or two. Um, I did like three videos last week, which was yeah. like a record for me. Yeah. Uh, we all know why. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of on and off, but I'm trying to make sure I at least do one weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, I have a buddy of mine who's starting a new channel and he's friends with a guy who does a watch channel, a pretty big one apparently. And his buddy says, do one video a day for a year and you'll have a thousand subscribers. So he's been like banking on that. Um, mm. and has it been, been working? Doing... Yeah. I mean, he's, he's already, he's been doing it since December and he's already almost at 400 subscribers. Yeah. So it, it's really odd, man, the way this stuff works because I also like studied these things when I first got into YouTube, I was listening to a lot of fucking Gary Vee and all this other shit. And yeah. uh, just, you know, just watching, I watch a ton of YouTube because I got into the, when I first started doing the channel, if you watch like my first video, there is so much production and editing work in it. Like I dressed up as Iron Man. I was a ninja. I was doing all this shit around. I was crazy. Like it was like a sketch show, but it was a knife review. You know right. what I mean? Um, right. So I, I wanted to study cinematography, you know, I've kind of like not been doing as much of that now, but that was the people I was watching and I was like, oh, okay, you know, uh, it, what I learned was it's just different for every channel, like the growth, I mean, but right. um, I forgot which channel it was. I was watching one of those interview, kind of like what we're doing right now. They were interviewing this girl and she, ha- she was on like 25K subs right now, really found her flow. And they asked her if she had a viral moment and she said, no, like literally nobody was watching my shit for years. People were making fun of me. My peers are like, what are you doing? And then eventually I just kept working at it. And now I'm here, you know, she's got like sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, I really love making videos. So I am kind of into it, like hoping that this could be like a very big like kind of side thing for me while I do the CBD thing with my family, which is I'm in it for them pretty much. I was actually right. working on a CBD video about hemp flower and, and the benefits of smoking it right before I got on here. <laughs> so 
I think I just like really, I just really like making videos. That's just kind of my thing. Uh, is that something that you would be open to doing? Like, let's say there was just so much cash flow into being thrown into Alex's knife box, Spider Co. Shiro is like, hey man, this is the new thing. We're going to give you X amount. You know what I mean? And you're just running low on time with a car dealership and that. I ask people this all the time. I, I think it would be fun. I just yeah. don't think I, I have the necessary skills to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't find myself to be like a salesperson. You know, I, I try to go at it with the attitude is, honestly, I don't give a shit how many subscribers I have. I'm just going to do these videos for my own little library and do this and do that. But as you start going along, you do care about how many subscribers you get. <laughs> Cause then, you know, when you, when you're looking at it and you're like, damn, the shit isn't growing. Like, what am mm-hmm. I doing wrong? You know? So you do end up caring eventually, but I'm still trying to be in that whole, like, you know what, let me do what I do because if I do anything different, it's not going to be natural. Yeah. And you know, I'll just keep flowing the way I do and maybe try to do tweaks here and there. And eventually I'll find the rhythm I like. And uh, so far, I mean, I think last, last month I had like 80 subscribers. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty routinely. It's been growing steadily. I think I'm getting like, I started like, you know, not much. And then it started incrementally getting more and more as time goes on. Yeah. What, what was crazy with, with uh, my start was, I had, I had no idea if anybody would even watch that video. I literally spent two months making this video about the zero tolerance, zero four fifty six. Like I, I, like I said, I was dressed up as Iron Man. I was doing all this stuff. I made like a sort of turntable thing where I put carbon fiber vinyl on it with a magnet in the middle, so I could like stick the knife on it and like turn it when I want. Like and that's how I was doing tabletop. I tried to do so much. Um, and like I said, like these guys like JT, Stasa, Blade Banner, you know, I love them knives even. They found my stuff and they were like, holy shit, dude, like there's no one like you in the knife community. You got to keep doing this, you know. And it's funny because tomorrow I found a guy that is so good at editing. He's got less than 200 subs. I'm talking like... Just imagine watching a TV show and you'll see like, let's say this Astacus is here, right? And then, you know, it'll be up in the air somewhere like with a black background. It'll turn into, from this physical form into schematics. He'll start pointing at things like movie quality, dude. And I told this guy like, um, hey man, I want to bring you on the podcast because I think you should have way more subscribers, you know, and at least the people that check me out are going to love your stuff, man, which is what I hope that, you know, I could help you do as well. I'll definitely be, because what I do with these podcasts is I put up the podcast and uh, when it gets into my Instagram rotation, I chop this podcast up, which is probably going to be an hour or so into little 15 minute bits on my Instagram stories that I post every day. That's just how I do it. Um, and it's been working. More people are discovering the my, my channel actually, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope it helps you out, helps you out, man. Because I appreciate you do some pretty it. cool stuff, dude. Uh, how'd you get hooked up with the knife junkie? Is that something you do regularly? That is something I do regularly with him. I'm one of the um, I, I think I've co-host that Thursday night knives more than every everyone else. Yeah. But he's always putting me on, you know. And me and Bob have become good buddies now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got like some other, I mean, I, it was me and Slicey last Thursday, this last mm-hmm. Thursday. That was really good, man. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, after we shut off the podcast, me and Slicey were still going for another like 20 <laughs> minutes and Bob's yeah. like, I got to go to bed guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I find really cool about the Knife Junkie, especially that live stream you guys did is... I saw just how much joy these people had just going in there, you guys knowing who they were, saying what up to them. Because, you know, if you think about it, like us EDC, like us knife guys, we're like more, we're like outcasts, but we're like a niche group within outcast people. You know what I'm saying? It's like there isn't really a place for me to go in New York City, especially where if I whip out a knife, people aren't going to freak out. Like I'm going to rob somebody. It's just, it's kind of (laughs) annoying. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'll be in my shop, right? And I'll be like, you know, just flipping a knife like we all do, right? Right. And then one of the, you know, one of the owners would be like, you going to use that? And I'm like, to cut cardboard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not robbing people, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I, I told this story to Slicey um, the last time I did a podcast with him. Um, I was almost mugged by these kids. I think they tried to, but you know, these are like hard up kids. They just got out of school. They're probably like freshmen or something, trying to be hard in front of their friends. And they see an Asian, you know, I'm like, I'm walking to buy wine and shit. And they, they were all going to surround me. But I, I'm living in New York for too long, man. Like, I know, I know the deal. Like, I've been in that situation where I was the kid trying to do stupid shit. And uh, my thought was, because, you know, these were like, I, I'm only 5'9". So these kids were like my size. <laughs> and uh, my only thought was like, man, if I, you know, if they come at me like, I don't want to get seriously hurt, but I don't want to hurt them. Also, this knife is a pass around knife. I don't want, I, I, don't, I don't want to fucking email damn designs, you know, sorry, I stabbed somebody with the yoke. Like, you know, cause I'd have to send it in. There's bodies on this now. Just note, you know, that that's like my thought on it. Uh, what's it like being, you know, living where you are and being a knife collector, do you kind of flash your stuff around or not really? Like, how do you go about carrying? So I carry a knife every day. Um, and in California, as much as we're known to be um, very strict with, like, for example, gun laws. Gun laws are huge in California as far as, you know, ammo capacity and all that stuff. And I'm a former Marine, so, you know, I like handguns and things like that. Uh, but knife wise, our laws are actually pretty laxed. I mean, you can, they're not nothing like New York's uh, knife laws whatsoever. So most of the time, you know, if I go to the market or anything like that, um, you know, and if I have a pocket knife, nobody really, I'm sure notices the pocket clip. But um, if I'm out somewhere um, and I pull out a knife, it's not usually a big deal. People don't really look at me sideways. At least I don't think they do. Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't only pull out a knife when I really need one, right? Cut some. Yeah, like cut an apple or something or like you right. ever done stuff like that or? Oh, yeah. But, you know, and then you got to keep in mind, everybody at work already knows me as like the knife collector. Mm-hmm. So half of the time, even the girls, the cashiers are like, oh, what kind of fancy knife you have in your pocket today? <laughs> Can I see? Ooh, that one's pretty, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever fucked up? like an, uh, a, it's an expensive knife that you show them at work or something? 
I don't let them handle nothing uh, expensive uh, unless, you know, like just to flip open or something like that. Uh, most of the girls, like, they, I don't know why the girls at my work always ask, like, to look at the knife, but, you know, then they'll, I'll deploy it for them and then yeah. they'll grab it and they're like, ooh, you know, kind of looking <laughs> at it. They're like, so we play this game, you know, I say, okay. So I'll say, I'll say to them, like for this one, I'll say, okay, this one's a full titanium knife. It's manufactured in uh, Russia. It's got this premium M390 steel, which is really, really good stuff. It's got lightning pockets all on the inside. How much was this knife? That's a good game. How much game? Yeah. How much uh, is that knife actually? This one, uh, I actually paid eight ninety five for it, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I think they retail for like eleven hundred bucks. Uh, this is one of those um, Monkey's Edge exclusive uh, Shirograph F ninety fives. Wow! Obviously, crappy light, but it's a frag pattern one. It's kind yeah. of yeah, awesome, man. I, I I you know what's crazy? I'm not up to that level where like I could tell Shiro's apart because like I don't know a lot about them. I yeah. know what they are. So when I see it, I'm like, oh, that's one of his, you know? So dope, though. Um, yeah. So with, uh, hold on, give me one second here. Uh, is there anything else that you have on you right now? Let's do a little bit like show and tell so people, knife people can. Uh, oh, I didn't bring anything else with me, <laughs> but I do have um, my buddy that's starting out his channel. Yeah. Uh, I left him in this room for some reason. Um, yep. But he uh, loaned oh. me this uh, Todd bag um, yep. glimpse. Yeah, we know that shape. <laughs> yeah, that's the one and only. So awesome. Um, awesome. So I'm going to be reviewing this one. Wow. Um, he also gave me this thing. This thing scares the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> I have some large knives, but uh, Dirk, it's the YouTube channel is Dirk Warning. Dirk, and, Dirk Warning, like D I R K yeah. Warning. Yeah, okay. warning, which is I think W E R N I G, okay, I N G or something like that. All right, and uh, he collects these monsters. He's oh. like the Medford fanatic. So this yeah. is a viper. Wow, uh, this thing is just massive. I'm like, you sent me this for review, man. I, I don't <laughs> even know where to begin, but it's pretty <laughs> rad. Yeah. Um, and then the last one he brought over to me for review, which actually I requested this one because I'm not a huge Medford guy, but I do appreciate um, some of his knives. And I always thought this micro Praetorian looked pretty rad. Wow. So this one's got a Vulcan finish on it and all the hardware is flamed. It's all wow. sculpted. It's kind of hard to see because of my crappy light. There we go. I remember um, he made a comic book, right? About like the Medford. Yes, he did. <laughs> did you read that? I never read it. I just saw like an ad that it was for sale. I was like, what in the hell is that, man? <laughs> Only Greg Medford would make a comic book of himself. And it, no, it's like a, about a kid like learning to use it for certain like uses in everyday life or some shit. Like he helps people with it. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm the Cape Crusader of knives. You know? That would be oh, something man. Greg does, man. Yeah, Greg's a wild card. Yeah. Uh, who's like one of the most eccentric like knife designers you've ever met? That's like just quite a character, you know? Uh, you know, Brian Ty was yeah. actually really kind of an interesting dude. 
And when I approach him, because if you know what Brian Ty looks like, he doesn't yeah. look approachable, right? <laughs> He's got the white beard and the glasses. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, yeah, I yeah. see his Instagram. So, like, you can't tell if he's, like, Doc from Back to the Future or if, like, he just got out of jail. Like, he's got that kind of vibe, you know? And uh, when I walked up to him and I said, hey, you know, um, I just introduced myself. I said, I love the knives you make. Um, Asked him a few questions about some of the integrals he made. Man, he was the most pleasant, awesome guy ever. But he didn't quite appear that way, you know? When you first walk up, you're like, is it cool (laughs) and he busts out with this really big smile you know yeah that was that was a fun knife maker to me i mean i think all of them were pretty special in their own way um i actually i haven't met him but i talked i used to talk to him a lot more but uh michael ziba is in your hood yeah yeah i i looked up um I, I, this is when I was still working in the office. I was in the jewelry industry. I was a logistics manager, making sure all the shipping gets fucking shipped is, is a nightmare, right? And I was like Googling like knife industry jobs in New York City and his right. shop like popped up, you know? And I was like, fuck, I don't know anything, you know? But it was, it was cool. That's how I heard of him. Mike is the coolest dude, man. You should go check out his shop. I'm sure yeah. he'll let you tour. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Mike Ziba fan. I have, I have quite a few of his knives and um, really good customer service. And I'm sure his his place would be really interesting to see. Yeah, maybe I'll do a vlog there, man. You'll be like, oh, shit, you know, New York City, YouTube guy. It, it, it's weird. I still don't know where I fit in this whole knife thing. You know what I mean? There's no one really doing it quite like the way I do it like I do vlogs sometimes around the city like not knife related at all like people just kind of like seeing what Kelly and I are doing which is kind of an odd thing um I'm not private at all like with my life that's the one thing I think people kind of enjoy do you know what this is this is the uh Alexander Chaburkov large strige yes Uh, I have one of those yes dude I a guy named Bobby not Bobby He's a photographer. Um, we got kind of cool. He sent me a Capara to review. And um, dude, he just, he just sent me this and the more five. Wow. Like, yeah, man. It's just stuff like that that's going to keep me in the knife community. Like people are just so cool. I mean, you and I had just started talking on Instagram. You're doing my podcast. Um, people are just so welcoming. Uh, I, I mentioned this with Neve's Knives last night. I was like, we don't even need a fucking go fund me like when somebody is hurt in our community we know them mm-hmm. we do raffles we do all this shit people chip in money you know they yeah. win knives and whatever that money goes to the family of the person or something like that and yeah. i've never experienced that man you know i i came from the whole like nightlife scene and like everyone's a fucking backstabber like everyone yeah. You know, so let's talk about your DJ thing, actually, man, oh, a little God. bit. All right. What, what <laughs> were you like a turntablist or were you just like doing like uh, like parties and wedding gigs, things like that? Like, how how'd you get into it? Uh, well, I, I, I sp- uh, exclusively uh, used to spin house music and trance. Oh, so, sh- no yeah. way, dude. So uh, that's, that's all I did. And what I era did-, did you get into it? Like name an artist. Oh, I could name tons, man. Yeah, like uh, name one. I, I, that was my world. I got into it, you know, in well, the trans music scene too and house. So I started as a raver kid back in 98. Mad Raver Ray. 
that just Google that, <laughs> YouTube that, and you will see that I had videos at the pin. I was the Asian kid that was really good at glow sticking. I was oh, that yeah. kid yeah. with yeah, the yeah. long bangs. I had blonde hair and you would like, everyone's watching them. I was doing back stalls and fucking kicks and shit. Tosses yeah. like, that's where I started in the dance music scene. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I rolled with a whole crew of yep. people, usually like 30 of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, in 98, we started mm-hmm. out because over in Hollywood, not far, there was DJ Irene that was throwing her parties. Dude, DJ Irene was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I party with her a few times. Uh, oh, shit. That, yeah, everybody's down in Hollywood. There's a lot of people down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 04, I started doing more of like going to Frisco and going mm-hmm. to all these other places. And uh, I used to spin vinyl and I used mm-hmm. to spin uh, CDJs. Uh, I still have all my gear too. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, a DJM 800, like literally right behind this tablet right now. If I turn it around, it, it makes it into my picture sometimes. So 2004, that was like when Armin was on top. Armin Van Buren. I Armin think, was or, one of them. Yeah. Before uh, he went super mainstream, which he is kind of now. But I remember in New York City when Armin Van Buren was playing, everyone fucking went. Whether you like trance or not, but you were a clubber, because you know, there was this whole house trance thing. People were all lined up. I remember that. Those are good times. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. How long did you do it for? I stopped partying maybe when I was 31. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, but um, I, I always was into the music. I still have all the, I think I still have a bunch of CDs I made and stuff like that. Um, I used to spin a lot more like more house parties, but I used to do mm-hmm. a few clubs yeah. in Hollywood and down in LA and stuff. Um, so 31, did you ever go to EDC? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been to tons of them. Dude, Monster I, Massive was my I, favorite though. I went to Monster Massive one time. I had this guy, um, so glowsticking.com. I was, I was big into that because I was a breaker. I was a popper, you know, I was a weird kid. Right. Mm -hmm. So glow sticking was a way for me to meet other people that did the same thing. And I was like fucking sick at it. Like I would do like no look tosses and crazy shit like that, you know? And, um, monster massive, the way I uh, got to go to that was I had a friend who rich kid, rich Korean kid. He was like, I will fly you to my um my loft right and i want you to dj my sort of like housewarming party and i'll also pay for your monster massive ticket and i got to go it was amazing i also went to edc two years um at the stadium right before they switch it to vegas and i went to vegas too man and believe it or not dude i dj'd at edc new york that was sort of like my last year of DJing, I won a contest with my partner and they, there was a discovery project stage. So we got to DJ that it it was, yeah, dude, it was like, I took it so seriously. Um, yeah, man, my girl like doesn't know anything about it. When I tell her she's, she's never been to a rave or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm like, we have that in common because my wife's like, didn't know none of that stuff either. (laughs) And then one day we just happened to go out to dinner with an old friend. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, remember when we used to go party? And remember we used to, dude, he had no shame. He's like, remember all those pills? And I'm like, oh my God, dude. Stop. Stop right there, man. 
And my wife's looking at me like, Who did I marry? There is no way. Like, you're boring. Like, there's no way you used to do all that stuff. <laughs> Dude, this is, this, see, this is the juicy stuff. Like, yeah. that people, you know, because, you know, us as like knife YouTubers, right? You know, like I was saying before, we're in, we're outcasts in a niche. You know, we're in, a, we're in a niche group of outcasts already. So the people that do the reviews that make videos for YouTube, you know, these are the people that, that watch us. So when they learn things about us, that, you know, the, I don't know if you watched the one I just did with Patty. Mm -hmm. Man, his fans are ravenous, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they all sub to me. They all sub to me. Um, so I got like a huge bump in the past couple of days, like over a hundred something. The comments were crazy. The views were crazy. Um, and Patty is one of those guys, man. He just, uh, I actually talked about this. You know, he just doesn't give a fuck if he wants to uh, compare like a clone with a Spyderco, he's going to do it. And he's right. received not really that much backlash because he's like such a heartwarming, friendly guy. But it's Patty, man. I you not love Patty? Dude, <laughs> Dude he's amazing. Best. Yeah, he's amazing. Patty. Dude, he, um, I talked about this. I, I'm repeating it again. People are going to get upset or whatever, but I don't care. When my father died, uh, the I think it was the second video that I made. I bought a really expensive knife. It was a thousand dollars. It's from Sandrin Knives. It's oh, called yeah. the, the Clemente, right? Mm -hmm. um, and coincidentally, Clemente is my father's name. Oh, so wow. when he passed away, uh, I was still sort of in the M-Tech stage of collecting where I was just buying fucking everything. I didn't know what anything was. I would buy clones from AliExpress. I'm like, oh, why would I buy this? I could get it for $50, you know? Like I didn't, I had no idea. And then um, uh, when, when that happened, Patty would message me like every couple of days, like, hey, buddy, are you doing all right? Like, we miss you over here on YouTube, like trying to encourage me to keep going, man. Such a good right. dude, you know, yeah. such a good dude. I love Patty. He's, yeah. he's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful personality in YouTube. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and another guy, there's nobody like, you know, he's his own thing. Mm -hmm. I really love Patty. Dude, I asked him what, um, so one of the questions for him, this is so funny. Everyone in the comments was like laughing about this. Uh, so one of the questions from everyone, I was in a group chat and I said, uh, what do you want to ask Patty? And they said, is he vaping nicotine or THC? Right. <laughs> so I asked him, I said, Patty, uh, cause he was vaping on the, on, on the podcast. I was like, are you vaping nicotine or THC? And he goes, THC, what's that? <laughs> Dude, he didn't even know what it was. Oh, uh, so funny, man. That is awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Mrs. Patty, you know, wouldn't appreciate that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of them two on Instagram, uh, Patty and, and uh, Mrs. Patty. They're like smoking cigarettes and the right. caption is just, we're bad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great, man. So back to your uh, partying days, right? Like when did, you said it ended at 31. Uh, do you still kind of keep up with any of the tunes or... Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of do, but a lot, lot more when I was in high school, I did a, I, I was in a, a couple punk rock bands. Oh, cool. So I still have my guitar. So lately I kind of, you know, I, I, I fought my wife for years in keeping my DJ equipment in mm -hmm. the living room on the table because I used to go play at night when everybody mm -hmm. was asleep. Just on headphones, but, right? Would you do that? Yeah. yeah I, I used headphones. to do the same thing, dude. And, um, 
but recently she won you know my my daughter's three now and she needs a space for all her toys Mm -hmm. so i put everything in the box for now yeah Yeah. and uh, so i've been playing guitar a lot more lately um that's awesome man how long have you been playing i started playing when i was in uh what i was seven years old well are you like one of those shred type dudes that just get nah nah (laughs) i was when i was younger but yeah i i when i got into djing i completely quit guitars altogether i was so busy like spinning and mixing and cutting stuff and trying to record stuff and demos you know like that yeah yeah i did the same thing you know what's crazy is i was streaming on like ustream they're not, they're no longer available. And um, man, I forgot what the other streaming sites were. And I was getting a pretty good amount of people, like 200 people would tune in from that glow sticking website. And like, if I only knew that I could have, you know, used that to kind of, uh, you know, have this online internet DJ career, which you actually could have now. It's right. crazy, man. Like how things, uh, how things have gone. You well, know, Dash Berlin was just spinning live on Facebook yep. like for everybody, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah, Dash Berlin. I spun with him a couple of times. Never met him. Never met him. Uh, biggest dick in the DJ world, Afrojack. I spun with oh, him. Oh, really? Didn't even fucking look at me, dude. Wow. Yeah, and we came in like hard too. We were closing. Uh, I think this was a Valentine's Day like uh, event at Pacha Nightclub. And uh, I was just like, oh, good set, man. He just kind of like, like, went like that. Yeah. Uh, like, Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Afro Jack. <laughs> he was good at the beginning. You know, I remember when he first came out, that Dutch sound and everyone yeah. was into it. But then it just got way too mainstream, man. Yeah, he did get mainstream. And uh, I mean, I always appreciated him, like when I saw him spin live and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it, 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 I, I appreciate it, but it never quite sucked me right in. I was mm-hmm. always a huge Anjuna Beats junkie. Oh, like above and beyond, Anjuna yeah. Deep. I like Anjuna Deep now, actually, if yeah. I would want to just chill. I actually listen to EDM uh, tr- more along the trans side, like Anjuna Deep, that kind of stuff. I listen to Madian a lot um, when I'm like recording videos because I don't talk um, while I'm recording. I do voiceover. So I actually just don't even need the sound, you know, that's how I, that's how I do it. Um, Dude, that's so, you're the first person I've had on here aside from daily carry solutions, but he was more of a breaks guy, Mm -hmm. DJ too. You actually listen to the same stuff that I did and we're the same age. So it's like tripping me out right now. (laughs) 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 So crazy. Do you ever get into uh, like Avicii and things like that? Uh, a little bit you know he 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 was okay i was um i i think for me a lot of the stuff i liked was you know like john o'callahan i uh, i've met john o'callahan oh I had dude. fun with him he is so cool amazing the reason why i mentioned avici is because i thought he was okay he's he he has a piano he actually he's actually a has a guitar like bass that's where his musical talent comes from hence the chord structure but i was at edc in vegas uh forgot which year this was and um he played levels right that song and this girl was like oh they took out flow rider because you know that rapper like they took out flow rider and i was laughing so hard oh my god 
it's gotten too uh, much, man. The EDM scene yeah. is so crazy. I'm glad I, I, I got out of it, actually. But a lot of that um, sort of musical uh, interest uh, definitely shows in my videos, man. I went musical with it. I pick four songs every review. Uh, when I do an unboxing, I actually like have uh, one like small earpiece inside this ear. And then I'll do the unboxing like it's on beat and everything. Because I edit everything on the phone, believe it or not, man. People are like, wow. you are fucking crazy. That's insane. I yeah. mean, that's the thing that drove me to your, your videos in the first place. I'm like, God, dude, look at the way this guy like cuts and places everything and just yeah. puts it all together. It's it's really impressive what you do. I really like the – that's the first thing I told you in the ba- in a while back is the editing's awesome, man. I love it when people say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thanks, oh, it's man. True. It's true. I, yeah. I didn't say if I didn't mean it. Slicey was like, yeah, man, you know, if you ever make it out to Blade, like I'd love for you to show me just like how to do a video because I'm so fast with it now. But, you know, a review like that seven minutes um, doesn't take that long to shoot, but to edit and, you know, I get ideas. I'm like, oh, it'd be cool if I put this meme here. Or like I take this video here and splice it in to make people laugh there. So I do get a lot of ideas like that. And my girl is like, I wish I could just film you because you're just going like this for like six hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I do. It probably comes to the DJing side, man. You know, like within that, because DJing is like within that second, you've got to remember to do things and like execute it perfectly or the crowd is just going to get really pissed. Right, right. (laughs) Do you have any horror stories, like doing any gigs where like you just fucked up like and people are like, what? Uh, I did have one. Okay. I did have one. It was my second time ever playing live. Mm-hmm. And all my buddies that were actually, it was, it was some, some place like way out in the middle of nowhere. And my buddies were spinning there. They're like, hey, dude, you need to come and we come, uh, you know, check it out. This will be a good opportunity for you to practice a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're like, you don't need to bring anything, you know, like just come with us, bring your, your CD case. And I'm like, CD case? At that <laughs> time, I didn't even spin CDs. I'm like, yeah. I got to bring my turntables. I got to bring vinyl. Did you use Serato or you actually had the... No, vinyls. I actually had vinyls. Dude, that's sick. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, that was in that that particular gig. I think was in '05. Okay, okay, man, and that's that's pretty deep to still be spinning just vinyl, not even Serato or anything. No, no Serato. Dude, for me. old I, school. I was that's a awesome. That's I was awesome, a man. I love that. Not that I I didn't appreciate Serato. Mm-hmm. Serato mm-hmm. Scratch was an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what happened at the gig? Uh, so, you know, um, as I'm basically spinning, uh, at this nightclub, everybody's like packing in. I was like out of five DJs playing that night, I was number three. So I was almost like at the headline spot Yeah, right after the yeah. headliner. And so everybody's like going hard and everybody's drinking. And I kind of fucked up because as my friends were spinning the first few gigs, start drinking. And then I start drinking. Oh my God, I got Mm -hmm. way too drunk. So, you know, I probably like train wrecked at least out of like, I think I did like a 16 cent song somewhere around there. Yeah. I train wrecked at least four times. And and you saw like, 
right when like it would start to wreck like people were like ooh making that face yeah yeah and they- then and then you know you grab the freaking the i'm trying to figure out which side i'm too drunk and i can't oh, see which no. one it is so then i just whoop, throw one up and then boom they start to match again i'm like oh my god thank god you know like and just keep <laughs> trying to play it off you know yeah Oh man, dude. I, I think for me, I was at Webster Hall in New York City, right? Um, I think Roger Shaw was mm-hmm. playing. He was the headliner. Um, so we were closing and we were spinning on tractor, right? Which we've done many times. We were spinning on tractor that night. The, like, the, the right deck like, just wasn't connecting, dude. Oh my God. The song is about to end. It's a fucking right. vocal too. Right. So if, if I loop it, like you'll know you know what i right. mean and it's our own track that's the fucked up part so people are like hearing it's the song was called enchanter we worked with this you know vocalist we, we didn't we haven't worked with a lot of them at that time so we just took any vocal at all and it was kind of like okay but the beat was good it was like an o'callahan beat you know 140 bpm offbeat oh, baseline yeah. i love that that's my favorite me too but we just had to loop it and it's just like enchanter and i'm like trying to get the b-side to work people are leaving there's like only three guys left by the time we like got it working <laughs> it felt so bad you know yeah. because we were already like kind of like pretty hot in new york at the time so it was so embarrassing, bro. Like, you know, yeah. those moments, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least yours was equipment failure. Mine was just my own failure. You know? I've been there too, where like yeah. I fucked up, like I'll try to do a trick and I didn't press play at the right time. It'll just be silence. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely done that. You know what I mean? I've definitely done that, man. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to plug uh, before we close off? You know, we've done like a pretty good amount of time at, such a great time with you, man. I have not met anyone who's kind of in the same circle as me. Um, you know, any cool things that you want to plug? Any cool things that you're doing? Or you have any message for the folks? Ah, you know, uh, I always feel on the spot. I, I usually am a man of few words. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just want to say if people want to do like their own knife review channels, just go ahead and do it. Don't even bother like thinking about it like I did for years because... I would have started back when I really wanted to start, uh, when there was a lot less YouTube channels around, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier to grow. So the time, what, what do you know what year would, where that was dude, when was I did YouTube, like 2014. Yeah. It's crazy. I have videos on YouTube. If you YouTube mad raver Ray, two R's R A I, my name is spelled R A I, by the way, for you watching still don't know how to spell my name. It's spelled R-A-I. Mad Raver Ray, you will find videos of me from 2006. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mad Raver Ray, like freehand video is like 15,000 views. And you just see me with blonde hair fucking <laughs> doing close <laughs> you know, every, that out. Everyone sounds like they're rolling in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, Whoa. yeah, I didn't know what YouTube was going to be, man. Yeah, I think I got onto YouTube the second week it was out and I was just like, oh shit, free video hosting. I'm going to put this, you know, I was doing weird like vlog things when I was like just getting into producing music back then. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, I just got this keyboard today. And like no one was really doing that. I, I wish I knew, man. So yeah, for you guys watching, if you want to start a nice channel, you should do it. It'll get you more comfortable with just hitting people up in the community. Oh, dude. Advanced knife, bro. Yes. Can you, like, you know. Yes. 
Yeah, I want I when I when I listened to him on your podcast, the Sharp Talk podcast, and he was talking about his process and how like he felt you know, he lacked the creative juices at that time. Like he would get blocks. That happens to me all the time. And like I put in a lot of time doing my videos and uh, you know, that's why I'm excited to have this guy on tomorrow that does a lot of heavy editing too. And I just want to talk to more people like that. Plus he's kind of like at the top of my list, probably him and uh, Cedric and Ada gear in art outdoors. Oh, if yeah. I'm going to watch a knife video, it's going to be one of theirs probably you know cedric's another good one man he's Dude, funny yeah he's so he's funny. funny i've like talked to him about anime that's about the you know <laughs> the only thing i've talked to him on instagram about he's like you watching my hero academia one punch man i'm like yep <laughs> oh it. man well you know and a lot of these guys man they're really approachable uh, a lot of these big youtubers i mean yeah. i've even had a few chats with nick shabazz and yeah. you know like a bunch of those guys and usually if you don't come off weird or like you know one of those people like what like you if you message nick shabazz what kind of knife should i buy you can guarantee you're not going to get a reply right yeah but if you like go up to him hey you know i'm doing this or doing that or i have a few questions how do you do mm -hmm. this most of these guys are cool man they they always uh seem to reply and you know i'm a nobody i'm a 600 subscriber channel <laughs> dude that's you know what you know, um, that's how you start it, man. Like it's, it's been a slow crawl for me. If, if you think about the people that I'd started with Patty, JT, these guys are hitting like 7k, 6k, 5k right. Zach stuff too. Yeah. That's um, another good one. I, I have less than 1400. Um, and you know, I'm putting in like all this work they they're, they're my buddies. They're all praising me telling, you know, people to watch my stuff. Sometimes it's just that slow crawl. Right. And then you have a moment. Um, you know, before we go, I'm going to tell you about my boy, Mr. Old Man. He's a perfect example. He's been doing knife videos for a long time. Um, he has about 25,000 subscribers. Young dude, young dude. He did uh, an EDC like collection, state of, the, state of the collection kind of video. He does one every year. And his 2016 one, for some reason, went viral, got like 3 million views. Holy crap. Dude, he was getting revenue like $400 a month from that video for years, you know? So this whole, you know, like I was saying before, like you never know, you know, somebody might be like, oh shit, I like this guy. I like the way he talks and stuff. And uh, you just blow up from there. You never know. Yeah, dude, thank you for being on, man. It was awesome to reminisce about the old EDM days. I hope I didn't kind of out you a little bit. <laughs> nah, man, I you had I mean? like a great time actually. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I've been, able to talk about the olden days you know yeah you know and also i'm gonna you know welcome you anytime you want to talk about something let's say you have a new knife coming in or it just came in and you want to just you know talk about it here you're more than welcome to do that man it was great having you absolutely man thank you so much yeah. for having me and this is the edccp this is your boy ray saying peace Yo, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit that bell icon so we can squat up in the comments.